0: Hey, this is Dave Ryder from New Spring Church here in beautiful Perth, Western Australia. Really praying that this message is going to help you. If you'd like some more information about our story, just head to newspring.org.au
1: Thanks guys, it's beautiful. Well, morning church. My name's Aaron, if we haven't met, I'm serve as one of the elders here. And we're going to um, get into some com- communion and um, I wanted to sort of have a bit of participation communion this morning. So hands up who likes to eat fish? Okay. Hands up who likes to eat meat, beef. Who likes to watch cricket? Test cricket. Okay, that's getting less. Who likes to watch Farmer Has a Wife? No one put your hand up, you're all liars. Good, that was a, that was a trick question. They're terrible shows, terrible shows. Funny thing is though, um, like in this room, right? in this room, in this outdoor cafe setting under the beautiful gazebo and trees, we're all a little bit different. We gather today as a collective of people. Some of us here call New Spring home. Some of us here are visiting for the first time or are still deciding. And if you have just come here for the first time, we welcome you. But we are different. We're different people. We've got different experiences. We've got different expressions. We like different things. And in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, he's having to deal with some pretty serious issues within the church, some things that are going on. And we're having a bit of a joke around about fish and meat and cricket. And but Paul's having to deal with other things, like incestuous relationships. false doctrines being taught. There's confusion over the resurrection. There's confusion over who to follow, who to listen to. He had to deal with some pretty crazy things. And as a church, we might have to deal with some of those things. There's a thing called politics that might divide some conversation in the room. How about the thing we're all sick of, COVID? That'll divide something pretty quick. But what Paul is saying to the church in Corinth, there's these things going on. And they've got some issues. And they're trying to deal with it and trying to figure out the best way to do it. And they're getting, they're getting stuck. They're getting bound by certain things. So like Paul's going to the Gentiles' houses at eating meat and the Jews don't like that they're like how do you do that Paul's like it's not about going there and I'm not doing the wrong thing I'm, I'm supporting my brother I'm supporting my sister I might not necessarily agree with them but I'm with them if you invite someone over to your look I'm feeling a little bit, actually, I'm reading that and I just don't feel comfortable. In here, every single moment, every single decision, every single circumstance we come across, that we face, every way to deal with it is through this. Every single way to deal with it is through this. We come and sing songs and we we open our heart and we reflect and we lift up the name of Jesus. And sometimes we... Sing those things or say those things, but don't live those things out. And we get frustrated with the way people are doing stuff. And as a church, we are, this, look at us all, that we are so different. We are so different, and yet so beautiful. And the only thing that binds us together is the cross. The only thing. The only thing that draws us is the cross. Without it, we have nothing. Without it, it's just, it's not going to work. Without it, we are going to get frustrated. Without it, we are going to get caught up in the nitty gritty, caught up with the things that are taking our attention of being people who love Jesus, of being people who flourish in the kingdom of God, of being people who show true mirror image of who Jesus is, of how beautiful and how gracious and how amazing he is. And it's our job as followers of Jesus, as believers of Jesus, as family, to come together and put aside all those little things and love God with everything. I want to read this. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8 it says, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed, Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace is reaching more and more people, may cause thanksgiving overflow to the glory of God. Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. There's going to be the communion at the back there in the little containers. Just when you're ready, go and grab your communion. And the band's just going to keep playing a little bit. And uh, I'll just pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that you did shed your blood on the cross for us so that we may live in freedom with you. Lord, help us to see you. Help us to love one another, even though we may be different, even though we may have different thoughts, different ideas, different directions. May the thing that binds us together as individuals, as a family, as a church, may it be you, may it be your sacrifice on the cross for your freedom, for your glory, for your majesty, Lord God. In your holy and precious name, amen.
0: It's nice having you behind the mic man.
1: I was going to make a joke about the communion tasting awful, but we do that every week, so I don't really need to. Someone should come up with a production line that makes this something a bit nicer. How you doing, church? We're still in the... Oh, no, the sun's creeping up. All right, we've got to be quick. Let's go. Hey, ah. Uh, a couple, of, a couple of announcements. This week we kind of get back into the swing of things uh, with church being February. Can you believe we're in February already? It's pretty nuts. Um, Thursday, Wednesday at 7.30 we have a church prayer meeting out at Memorial Park in Armidale. So um, we do that once a month as a church. We rotate between kind of being here inside the building and then going out to the streets of Armidale. And every time we do we go out to Armidale. Um, God really does speak. He really does open our eyes and show us a little bit more of the beautiful city that we're in. And um, this this Wednesday will be no different. So can I encourage you? Look, we're not, we don't go around and grab our Bibles and whack people over the head and do weird stuff in the streets. We just walk around and we talk. We just pray over buildings, pray over businesses, pray that the streets will fill the residue of the kingdom of God as we walk through. Do you, Believe that that's possible because it's sometimes I know that you know you just don't actually. I look, I don't sometimes believe that I say it, but like there's moments where you're like, No, 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 as we are in this place, someone is gonna feel God or feel something that they don't know what it is, and there's gonna be a moment might not be you. You might not be the person that saves them or says something to them. But there will be a moment where someone will feel something, lay a seed, and someone else or something will happen and it will change. The Bible says it does. We believe that. Do you believe it, church? So can I encourage you? I know it's not all in our kettle, kettle of fish. We don't all pray. We're not all like 10 foot 8 chitty who's like the biggest prayer warrior that you see around. You don't have to be chitty. God created chitty. Thank goodness there's only one of him. Am I right, Chitty? But he's, all of us are different. So can I encourage you, the prayer meeting, get onto it. Um, get onto it, it's good. Outdoor services, so yeah, this is a bit different. We're doing this for the next little while. With last week apparently, I'll, I'll, by the way, I was um, on this beach in Lucky Bay in Esperance and um, you know, crystal blue water. Who wants to start a church plan, Esperance? <laughs> yeah, let's go, let's go. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry, sorry Dave, we're not ready for that yet, are we? It's great, it's beautiful. But apparently it was super hot in here. So that's why we're out here. A Bit of breeze, bit of bit of bit uh, of bit of fresh air. We don't have to wear masks inside. We're just gonna have to be be just mindful of the communication with that. So check out um, the, the social media stuff, check out the emails, um, this would be flyers and stuff going around, just sort of keeping us in check with what's going on each week might be a little bit different but for the sort of foreseeable future we'll be doing this to a degree in outside. Um, So we'll try and sort of, now we're going to map out where the shade is, where the sun is. And um, look, you guys are in the shade now, that's lucky. So anyway, so keep on top of that and then um, we can sort of, you know, be a little bit, we're going to be a little bit fluid with it. So we'll see how we go. Tuesday night we've got our first Alpha meeting, our first Alpha starting, beautiful. So Brett is going to be facilitating that. That's going to be great. 6:45 um, here at the church. Speak to Brett because there's going to be dinner available for people who have registered. It's going to be part of the whole part of the whole setup. If you know anyone, or Brett, can people come sort of halfway through, or is it sort of got to be at the start? And okay, better if you're there from the whole thing. Um, but if you know, there's going to be other times we're going to run this course. So, but come, go speak to Brett, and um, that'll be great. And that's about it. Oh, offering, offering. A host team. Where are uh, the? How are we doing the offering? Just kind of like, kind of like a beach ball effect in a, in a in a gig. Just play some like decent rock solid, and then you can just beach ball it. Try and keep the cash in there if you've got cash. Um, I'll just write an IOU, and then we'll sort that out later. Looked at the screens. It's online via such and such. It's not there, but we know the deal.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mate, it, we are nothing if not adaptable. How's everyone doing today? Do you guys bring your Bible? Because we haven't got any screens. All right, well, nice to be out. Um We are going to be, um, as I said, we're going to be a little bit fluid with this. Um, we we are very, very blessed here because we've got the luxury of having property, and um, which is great. And um, we um, don't have um, proper air conditioning inside, but we have a breeze that's blowing right now, which is pretty good. One thing which I'm always um, really... Um, I find really amazing, especially when I have the privilege of doing outdoor weddings, is that you go outdoors and all of a sudden all of creation becomes a cathedral unto God. And that shouldn't be a, a big thing for us, because the book of Genesis actually talks about how the whole of creation is his temple. and uh, we just get to move back into that um, today. So before we um, kick into today's message, I just thought it might be great just to read Psalm 19 um, with you guys. And Psalm 19 says this, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the earth. In the heavens God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run its course. So, Father, as we open up your word, as we sit out in creation, we ask that you would indeed speak, that you would open our ears, Father, that as we gather together as your family, that you would actually um, lead us and shape us in 2022, unlike any previous years. And I pray that we would just have a heart to do this year together, to do this year in love, and um, to... Just be a great witness of your grace and your mercy in this world. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Is everyone able to hear me, by the way? Yeah. All right. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Acts chapter 2, and you're um, going to have to read on. Um, so either you have your Bible on your um, bio- or have a book, or on your phone. Today's message is called Common Signs. Common Signs. And... Um, a fortnight ago, um, we started a short little series in, a, in the Book of Acts. Um, we're going to um, speak another episode out of the Book of Acts today, but also next week we're going to do another episode out of the Book of Acts. And today and uh, tomorrow, oh, next Sunday, they're pretty significant Sundays for the life of our church because we are really calling our church to consider how we are all going to participate in the family this year. That's really the call. For the last couple of years, we've been very intentional with teaching. Um, from Scripture about what the New Testament church is, who we are to be, what we embody, what values we have. And this year, it's kind of like, well, let's step into that reality. So um, common signs. Let's see how we go. A question I have for myself um, as a spiritual leader, but even more so than that, as a follower of Jesus Christ, as an apprentice of Jesus, is how does the gospel work in 2022? Or even can the gospel work in 2022? I mean, pretty good question, right? In the ancient world, a gospel was simply an announcement. It was an announcement of good news. And um, I think that's something that we're all pretty familiar with. It was such good news that as this good news was um, broadcast, it actually caught on like wildfire because it was good news. And um, sometimes we use a word like gospel and we don't really connect what it is about. But let me ask you a question. How long do you think it took Last night, for the average Australian to hear that Ash Barty won the Australian Open. How long do you reckon? Do you know why it caught on that fast? Because it was good news. She won the Australian Open, and not only that, she's the first female, first woman in 44 years to have won it. That is a gospel. That is an announcement of good news, especially for a nation who has an absolute Uh, undeniable number one religion of an entire nation and that religion is called sport right isn't that true isn't it amazing right and for a nation that has this great religion called sport this amazing news happened and all of a sudden all of australia knows because it's good news for australia the gospel um, of jesus um, is actually good news in fact, the, um, the Gospel of Mark, what we call the Book of Mark in our Bible actually begins in this way. This is the announcement, or this is the Gospel, this is the good news about Jesus the King. There is a bit of a difference though when it comes to this announcement about Jesus as opposed to the announcement about Ashbati. Because the announcement about Ash Barty, I mean, we can hear it. It sounds great, fantastic, especially for a nation that loves sports, been waiting for 44 years for one of our own to actually lift up that trophy. But the reality is we can hear that announcement, but we can't actually really live in it, can we? I mean, Ash not going to come and tie to our church. Unless you know, like if you know her, like, say so. you know what I'm saying? There's a difference between a good news, an announcement of good news like Ash Barty winning the Australian Open and the good news of Jesus Christ. Because the good news or the gospel of Jesus is not just an announcement. It's actually supposed to be a reality that we are supposed to be living in and experiencing. It's actually supposed to be something that touches us. It's supposed to be something that, that we feel every single day. I think sometimes as followers of Jesus, we think that the gospel is just an announcement. So we just want to go on banging about, just announcing, announcing, announcing. But you know what? That's not how the gospel actually works. Because the gospel is not just an announcement. It is a reality for us to experience and to live in. It's supposed to be something that we feel every single day. And it's something that even now as we gathered outside in, a, in, in like Camelo, we're experiencing it right now. And the way that the gospel works is that it's hoped that from this experienced reality, it's hope that if we genuinely experience the gospel, the good news, it's hoped that from that experience, we would actually want to tell people, right? That makes sense, doesn't it? And and, and it's kind of this this hope that as we announce it, as we go out, as we tell people from what we've experienced, we would go to people in Australia, people in our streets, people in our suburbs, and we would say the kingdom of God is very, very near to you. Because the majority of people don't think the gospel or, or the kingdom of God is anywhere near to them. Most people think that if there is a God, God probably doesn't like me. but. For those of us who experience the gospel, our announcement is to to let you know, oh, by the way, the kingdom is closer to you than what you even think. That's our announcement. And to that end, when that happens, it would make complete sense. Follow me in my train of thought now. It would make complete sense that if we were in that situation where we were announcing this kingdom that we've experienced, that those who we are talking to, that they would be curious, they'd be intrigued, But they'd also be a little bit confused wouldn't they because we 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 don't really use words like kingdoms anymore or or things like that and and they would kind of like be like sort of talking to us and they would say okay well what is this kingdom you're talking about or in other words what exactly is christianity okay to that end i would dare say that you'd probably say ah we've got an alpha course starting on tuesday right that would make sense but for um, a lot of us here you don't have just Alpha because you've been journeying in New Spring for at least a year or so, or maybe even longer. And we've been actually talking about and trying to unpack what Christianity is, what the kingdom of God is. And, um, or if, if nothing else, you've managed to actually click onto our welcome series on YouTube. Has everyone done that, by the way? Yep. And there's a couple of sessions there where we actually talk about what Christianity is. We talk about what a faithful church is. And they are the starting um, blocks, the the things of conversation to begin um, what we're talking about. So we would say, if you're watching via live stream, we've got helicopters and everything happening here. It's all on. Camelo, 6111. Anyway, we would say that The kingdom of God of Christianity is is a vision of human and creation flourishing. They're going nuts. Is there like a fire somewhere or something? There is. Okay. We would say to Christianity, this is a vision of humanity. It's a vision of flourishing. It's a vision of what it means to be truly human. It's a, it's a vision where you have every relationship of every structure actually coming together in harmony. In uh, the, the biblical word is shalom or, or flourishing. That's what we were saying. And if you can articulate that vision to someone who's just like an everyday Australian, just walking the streets and, and, and you're able to articulate what flourishing is, relationships, living together, families coming together, like actually being satisfied and content and knowing what it truly means to be truly human, it would make sense that if you're talking to someone like that, they'd be looking around and they'd be looking for evidence. Isn't that right? That makes sense. I mean, if we're going to actually communicate, this is what Christianity is. And if we're actually accurate in it, because we've experienced it. And it's a really compelling vision, which it is a vision, which every single human is looking for, by the way. The most obvious thing that people are going to do is look around for evidence of what you're talking about. And it's at that point, we're hoping and praying that they're going to be able to see a faithful church. Right? Because what we are, who we are as the church, we are supposed to be the evidence, the literal place, heaven on earth. This is the reality of the kingdom of God right now. And it, here's the issue, right? If we're not faithful to being the church, we can articulate all we want. We can have a great vision and say this is what Christianity is. But when they look around and they see a body of a family of God, a body of believers who are just in disunity and all that, it doesn't it doesn't add up, does it? Right? That's kind of um, what we're saying. It's kind of the obvious thing. They will actually look around for that. So this year, as in every year, um, is about our church actually becoming a more faithful witness of what the church is to be and what the New Testament calls the church to be. Ephesians 4 was verse 1 says therefore i a prisoner of the lord paul speaking says i beg you to lead a life worthy of the call for you've been called by god and that call is to be the church of jesus christ the literal physical cosmic space where heaven and earth intersect it is the arena where thy kingdom come thy will be done is literally done that's amazing isn't it imagine if we could actually see that kind of stuff we're supposed to be pockets of resurrection power and resurrection life that are scattered throughout the world. And this power that we proclaim, this power that we talk about, this power that we sing about is actually still accessible today. It doesn't come through hype, though sometimes we might think it does. It doesn't come through superstition because Christians, in my observation, are extremely superstitious, right? Which is so ironic. It doesn't come through looking back to decades previously to how God moved by at the same time saying, Oh, you know what? God says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. That doesn't make sense. No, no, no. It actually comes about via a faithful church because God has already articulated and let us know that I, that that he is going to reclaim what is rightfully his through a faithful church. And that's what we are called to be, a faithful church. So in light of that, I want to actually um, look at another episode in um, the book of Acts, the beginning of um, Act number five, if you've been on the journey with us. And it's found in Acts chapter two. A couple of weeks ago, we reflected on Pentecost and um, this moment where um, the Spirit of God comes and people start speaking in other people's languages, disciples do. And the question that's posed in the day of Pentecost is actually found in Acts two verse 12 when They stood around and they were amazed and perplexed and they asked, what can this mean? They asked. And the backstory of that moment was that the disciples were once again hungering and lusting for power. They asked Jesus, when are you going to restore the kingdom of God? When are you going to make Israel great again, just like in the days of Solomon? When are you going to move so that we can kick the Romans out and that we can actually establish ourselves as those who rule on this earth? That's what they were wanting. And... What happens in the day of Pentecost is that God meets that request for power with power, but a different kind of power. It's a power that doesn't come to boot people out. It comes to actually embrace and bring people in. It doesn't come to actually put the boot on people, but it actually comes so that brothers and sisters can be formed. It's a different kind of power. And what's really, really important about the day of Pentecost is that when the power of God does come, it actually causes the disciples to speak the native tongue of all of the other people groups. It does not cause the native tongue of all of the other people groups to suddenly start speaking Aramaic. And that's kind of the challenge and that's exactly what that means so today I want to um, reflect on a response of the first church to the announcement the good news of Jesus and it's actually found in Acts chapter 2 so if you have your Bibles we're gonna read from verse 41 and what we're gonna read in here is that there are a couple of different signs that are evident in the early church there are supernatural signs The supernatural signs are evidence of resurrection life and resurrection power. Does anyone like the idea of supernatural signs? Of course we do. Everyone loves that stuff. The problem is is that there are actually other signs too. They're called common signs. The common signs are very different, but the common signs are evidence of a new humanity. The common signs are the evidence of the new community. The common signs are the evidence that there's been a brand new reordering of this people group who've actually come and following Jesus. So we're going to read from verse 41 and we're going to break this down and hopefully I won't take too much time because the sun is going to burn some of us, including me, because I'm bold. From verse 41. Those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the disciples performed many miraculous signs and wonders." And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property, the possessions, and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together in the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All while praising God, enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Okay, so what we're going to try and do today is like, I would really encourage us right now in our imagination to try and sit in this moment what do you think this moment would have actually been like in this moment there are thousands of people who have a huge huge advantage over us there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people who know israel's story who know the story of god they know it. You don't need to try and convince them of it. They already know it. They already know it. We are distanced by over 2,000 years. We are distanced because we are Australian. But there's this common knowledge base that all of these people have. And as Peter is preaching to thousands, there are 3,000 who respond, but that's 3,000 out of. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. I don't know. Was it 10,000? Was it 20,000? It was around the temple, so it would have been thousands, right? Imagine 3,000 people hear the announcement of good news of Jesus and they all respond in the same way. That's odd, isn't it? That sounds really un-Australian, doesn't it? It really does. Verse 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. This is interesting to me because what happens is that there's this announcement of Jesus, the King, good announcement, great announcement, amazing announcement to thousands and thousands and thousands of people. From the thousands and thousands and thousands of people, only 3,000 get baptized. Baptism means I'm joining the family of God. That's what baptism is. Okay? So think about it. Out of thousands, three thousands decide. And they're knit together by the Spirit and they all have, 3,000 people, they all have the same response. Oh my goodness. That's like a senior pastor's dream. (laughs) Is that oh my goodness. How does that fly in the face of the ideologies of this present world? It doesn't bode so well. We got a couple of things that we're coming against. In an age of self-autonomy where the goal is atomization, if you haven't heard out of that term atomization, that simply means to actually break things down smaller and, smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. There is an agenda to actually break things smaller, even our own identity into smaller and smaller, 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 smaller bits and that brings increased division it brings increased separation and it brings a heightened and increased um, level of individualization but the way that the early church starts kind of flies in the face of this i mean just even listen to the repetition of the word and because i read this and i don't like the repetition of the word and it says all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship and Sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to pray. I'm thinking this is a hard sell. This is a hard sell in Australia. Imagine going up to to one of your friends or family saying, okay, become a follower of Jesus Christ. This is the announcement. They respond and say, okay, there's devotion um, to the teaching, but it's not just the teaching, there's devotion also to fellowship, which is gathering together and also devotion to eating together and also to praying together. Their response was, "There's, there's devotion to this, but there's also devotion to this and there's devotion to this. And by the way, there's also devotion to this. That doesn't bode well in a Western progressive mindset, does it? You know it doesn't bode too well and there are three words that kind of start this whole um, section off and those three words are simply these those who believed those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all so if we to look at the beginning of the New Testament church if we are to look at the beginning of act number five, that metaphor that we've been using, if we are to look at the trajectory of the local church, we would have to say that the common response of anyone who believes in Jesus is a communal commitment. That's first and foremost. Eating, um, gathering and praying. Teaching, gathering, eating and praying. Again, if we're in this moment, this is kind of complicated. Really, really complicated. Think about this. Out of these 3,000 people who were baptized into the family of God on Pentecost, they all came from different regions. They were speaking different dialects. Some of them didn't have the same native tongues as others, right? They would have had different food preferences, right? You know? There may have even been some vegans, I don't know, right? There would have been different prejudices to navigate. There have been different interpretations of Torah and there would be different political um, postures as well. And think about this, you have all these different 3000 people coming together, sharing meals, gathering together. And just as you get to know someone, just as you see a familiar face, just as you're getting to like sort of say, oh, so this is your backstory. This is who you are. Other people are entering in daily. Right? So you're trying to get to know people, and as you're trying to get to know people, there are literally like hundreds of people actually joining the next, day, the next day, and then the next day, and then the next day, and then the next day, and the next day. This is an incredibly unstable place. You're trying to get to know people, and as you're trying to get to know people, there are different people coming, and different people coming, and different people coming. This is, it seems like a formula for an absolute disaster, right? So what is it that holds this new community together? Again, it is not the supernatural signs that holds this new community together. It's the common signs that hold this new community together. Inherently unstable formation of a new people group coming together. Now, make no mistake, there are supernatural signs, right? Right? But sometimes we think that if we just have more supernatural signs, people are going to turn to God. How'd that work for Jesus? He does supernatural signs, they kill him. Alright? He does supernatural signs, they accuse him of being possessed by Beelzebub. Right? Now he does some signs and people are in awe and wonder and there are some who follow, but there's a whole bunch of them who actually go out of their way to destroy him. There are supernatural signs in Jesus' ministry. There are supernatural signs still available for us today as the local church. Can someone say amen to that? All right, but it is not supernatural signs that holds this new community together. It is the common signs because you have thousands of different people together and then you have hundreds joining every single day. It is the common signs of eating together. It's the common signs of gathering together. It's the common signs of praying together. It's the common signs of devotion to the teaching that actually holds all of these different people together. That is the trajectory of the church. It's the common signs. The problem is We have this fascination with the supernatural signs, but not with the common signs. Interesting as we read on, by the way, are you guys following my train of thought, by the way? All right. It's interesting also to pay attention that it's not the supernatural signs that hold the community together, but it's also not the supernatural signs that came first. All right. Supernatural signs are actually birthed out of the common signs. Verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching, to the fellowship, the sharing and in meals, um, including Lord's Supper and to prayer. Common signs. Boring signs, right? Boring. Everyday signs. Boring. It's like, you bore me. That kind of stuff. Verse 43. These common signs undergird the supernatural signs. Verse 43, a deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything in common. This community is reoriented in love through the resurrection life of Jesus, but this divine love is lived out in common, ordinary, everyday ways these are the common signs that we so often just absolutely read by when we actually look at the book of acts but it is the common signs that are the glue and it's the common signs that actually bring together this new community this new humanity because without the common signs it would be absolute disaster absolute disaster we've got about 300 people in our church 300 different personalities 300 um, different um, likes different preferences different different everything right imagine the idea of gathering like 300 people together different generations different sexes different genders different confusions different doubts um, vote for different political parties different ideas when it comes to vaccines and all that kind of stuff imagine gathering that group of 300 people in a room together and saying, oh we just expect them to get on does that sound like that sounds dumb right because it's an impossible task but it is the common signs it is the common things that we do when we gather together when we eat together when we pray together they are the things that actually form us and they are the things that give the world evidence this is the church that's the evidence of the new humanity that's all I'm saying the Apostle teaching the Apostolic teaching is important you know Me getting up on a Sunday, that's kind of important. It's kind of important. But so is gathering together in fellowship. That's just as important, right? The material act of eating together is really, really important. But so is the spiritual labor of praying together. That's really important. All of these things are important. And all of these things are seen as marks of a faithful church. This is the DNA of the church. I reckon if I asked every person here, if you'd love to see some more, some more miraculous signs and wonders in the church, everyone would say, amen, yeah, let's bring it on. Right? You would, wouldn't you? But what if those miraculous signs are actually birthed out of the common signs? Are we willing to do the common signs? Because the supernatural is birthed out of the common. Yeah. So 2022 is a year where I am um, really praying and believing that we're going to continue to grow in our faithfulness. We are certainly called New Spring Church, but if you've been around the traps for a while, you will know that whilst we've come a long way, we've still got a bit of distance to go, haven't we? We've still got a bit of work to do, and I think we should be okay with that because we're always going to have some work to do. Devotion to the common signs is what is our task for this year. The teaching, the gathering, the eating, and the praying. And... Um, That's kind of how we're setting up this year january was kind of the month where i know a lot of people are away but i was really wanting um, this to be a month where we could actually recalibrate a couple of things um i wanted to actually speak out of the book of acts to actually set a tone for 2022 as to who we are we've been encouraging every person in our church to actually watch the welcome series eight sessions about 12 minutes each to actually be reminded once again This is what the gospel is. This is who we are, is New Spring Church located right on the border of the city of Armdale and the city of Gosnells. There's a missional aspect, there's a family aspect, and for all of us to be on the same page. This last week we've um, communicated via email and Facebook and um, um, other ways. Um, We've asked our church to think about how all of us can participate in the church family this year knowing that as i said we have hundreds of people who come from different places and different stages and we want to acknowledge that this year that there are some people in the life of our church that you've just been through a pretty rough 2021 or maybe even a rough couple of years and maybe this year is a year where you just have to be honest and say you know what i just need a rest this year I just need to sit back. And and maybe not for the whole year, maybe for three months, maybe for six months. I just need to sit back because the last two years knocked the stuffing out of me. All right? And I just need to rest. And you know what? We want to honor that decision. We want to actually walk beside you in that decision. If you're in that place where you're saying, this year I need to take a break. I need to rest from putting my shoulder to the plow. I would just say, rest, but please do not be absent. All right? Don't be absent um we we still gather for others of us this year you kind of be saying you know what i can give a little this year i can give more than i gave last year but it's still going to be a little and we want to honor that and we want to thank you for that and we want to walk alongside because the reality is we just want to do this together but then there's others of us and you say you know what this year i really feel god's impressing on my heart i want to do some more i want to do some big stuff. I want to put my shoulder to the plow. So we've been asking every person in our church to actually prayerfully consider what can you do to participate in your family this year? How can you participate? And again, like setting this whole thing up, this isn't necessarily the six, the, 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 the big glamorous things. This is the common stuff, you know. This is the common signs that actually give birth to the supernatural stuff that happens in the church. So what can we do together? As we move forward, you will um, probably notice if you're paying attention that we're going to move away from using language like volunteering. I hate the word volunteer. You know, That belongs in settings outside of the church. Um, It certainly doesn't belong in the Ryder family because the Ryder family is a family and the church is supposed to be family. So the idea, that mindset of volunteering doesn't actually fit in um, the church context. So we're going to be moving away from that. And um, we're going to be talking more about the family activities that we do together. That's kind of what we're going to be moving towards. In fact, in the New Testament, you find the Apostle Paul, as he's speaking to the churches, as he's ministering with the churches, he calls himself and he calls fellow followers of Jesus, co-workers and co-laborers. And the idea is, is that there is this master project that God has actually enabled. It's a renovation project where he's reconciling all things in heaven and on earth. It's a renovation project where God is reclaiming what is rightfully is. And God has decided to make this a family project. So in God's family project, we are working together. We are laboring together. But at the end of the day, this is not Dave's project. This is not New Springs project. This is actually God's project. And we as brothers and sisters, we are co-laborers with that together. And um, it's vitally important, I believe, that New Spring Church, that we play our part in God's redemptive project um, because we do not play a small part. We play a very, very big part in God's overall plan. So we have family activities that we are going to participate in this year. And um, this week, um, if you haven't received my email, that simply means I don't have your email address, Um, please Um, if you want to let me know that Um, but if you haven't we also got some copies of this what we've done is that we've actually um, got a snapshot of all of the family activities that we currently have in play in our church and what we've tried to do is actually break them down as to what these um, family roles are and kind of the commitment it's going to take Um, I I started in in youth ministry when I was about 19 and um, I started and the youth pastor saw me um, just coming to pick up my brother and he thought, oh, wow, what is that big brown guy doing here on a Friday night, right? not like, He's either doing something good or he could be doing something, you know what I'm saying? So he comes up to me and says, oh, great. Do you want to just like put out some chairs, right? I thought I was just going to go put out some chairs. No, 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 no. There was a whole lot of other stuff that kind of unraveled. Um, Sometimes you can actually say, I want to be part of this, and you don't know what it entails. You know what I'm saying? And you may think, oh, this is just going to take like an hour a week, and it turns out taking 10 hours. So, what we want to do is actually be able to communicate clearly what the commitment is. Because what we would love is to actually have our church um, participating in these family rules joyfully and not out of obligation. That would be a great thing. So there are different roles um, in the family. Some of them um, require maybe a couple of hours a month. Um, Some of them may require many hours a week, um, especially if you're um, specializing with instruments and vocals and and things like that. Um, We've broken these up into different categories just to make it helpful because um, otherwise it could be overwhelming. And we've said that um, the different categories are family activities, the community, things that really focus a lot more on on, um, people outside of our church. Um, Spiritual formation, really, really big. One of the um, big areas that I would love to see really get up to speed this year is our prayer. Um, We need to be a praying church. So that's actually a really big one. Um, So spiritual formation is one of them. The next generation is going to um, just really, really take off this year and uh, that's going to be great. Um, the creative, creative teams is another one and also front of house. So these are some family roles. You'll find in these documents there's actually roles that happen on a Sunday but there's also roles that happen midweek as well. So um, we just thought that if we can actually write things down that will actually help all of us do it. And from this and from next week, um, what we are going to do is that we are going to shape New Spring Church in accordance with who's available in these family roles. Let me explain. I think I'll try to explain it in the email, but let me explain this. Up until this point, we have done what most churches do, in that we have a lot of um, things that need to get done during the week and particularly on a Sunday. And what happens is that we have lots and lots of gaps and lots of holes start to appear. And um, one thing that I've been observing is that I see a lot of the leaders running around and getting really, really stressed out. And the ironic thing about that is that I know I'm about to start preaching and teaching about human flourishing. Right. And I've got my leaders who are like running around, getting stressed out because they're trying to fill a gap. So in December, like we caught up with our team leaders and I kind of said, how about if we flip our church? How about if in 2022, we're actually okay with gaps? Just so long as our team leaders and our teams are not stressed out and trying to to do the impossible. What if we actually came to the beginning of 2022 and we actually communicated to our church, we are family, we've been talking about this for a while, and there are different areas where we can participate, where we can engage, where we can step in. And depending on who steps in, then we will shape our year. All right? What that means, however, is that we may have a weekend where we have no worship team. I'm okay with that. What that means is that I will actually communicate to the church and say, Hey, just say so you know, church, this week we haven't got a worship team. So what you can expect is that you come in, you can grab a coffee, come into the auditorium or outside, and you're going to find me with a microphone and we're just going to delve into scripture. Okay? But it means that the worship team doesn't have to run around stressing themselves out in order to fill a gap all right if um, claire doesn't have a roster for children's church i want her to feel very very comfortable and saying to me dave i don't have anyone this week and i don't want her to be stressed out and like in fearful and saying well, what's dave going to think i'm going to be like cool awesome that just means you can sit in with aaron i'm sure he'll appreciate that but then i'll communicate okay we haven't got a primary program for today bringing kids into the auditorium does that make sense i think the one that will trip us up is if we don't have coffee because i think i think we'll possibly have to do some uber ordinary <laughs> but does that kind of make sense that's how we want to kind of um flip our church in actually doing that to actually have this mindset that um it is it is okay if this year is a rest year for you or if the first couple of months you just need to take a break sit back enjoy still attend services still gather together okay but There are others of us and say, you know what, I can actually give some stuff. And with the right information, I can actually make a decision as to how I'm going to participate in New Spring Church so that it actually brings joy and flourishing to my life. And I'm not feeling obligated to do this because obligation is a big killer um, in any um, sphere of life so that's what we're going to do so that's the the, the purpose of today and um, we've got a um, generous participation booth over there some information there and you'll also find that there are going to be um, team leaders who are going to be um, around this area and you can just ask some questions about that and they'll be able to communicate um, what the role is um, what the commitment is and what they're um, wanting um, how they're wanting to see their team flourish in that a couple of other things that are coming up. February 20, which is going to be in a couple of weeks, we're going to be closing our Sunday morning service and our Sunday night service, and we're going to be having another family dinner. That's gathering. You know, So there's devotion to teaching, but there's also devotion to gathering. So we want to gather together. I'm kind of hoping on February 20, we'll be able to invite the Altar One families as well and maybe see if they come as well i really want nay and um our next generation team to feel um, that they could invite um the parents and the families of our teenagers they come on a friday so let's actually make that a a night where everything everyone just feels nice and welcomed um and we'll see how that's going um with that um, also letting you know before i close up in march the first um, weekend in march we're going to have um some butcher's paper up and um one of the um, goals for this year, I've mentioned it before in a couple of services and yesterday we had our members breakfast and I was talking to them about this. For 2022, by the end of 2022, we want to have a clearer picture as to what God wants us to do with this property, how we are to steward this. And the way I'd love to start that is with a church activity where every single person can actually bring some thoughts bring some ideas there are people in our church who've been thinking about this property for years and years and years but haven't had opportunity to voice that so we're going to get some butcher's paper out I encourage you to actually do that and from there we're going to spend 2022 with a couple of teams actually investigating and seeking God as to how we are going to use this land so hopefully by this time next year we will have some great clarity and say okay we are going to venture in this direction And we give ourselves permission, because if you've watched our welcome series, our third core value is that we lead courageously. All right? Amen? Cool. So in doing that, before we close, let me just reread this to you. Those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, which included the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came on them, and all the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. This is the trajectory of the local church. The church started off as being a showcase of evidence of true resurrection life and true resurrection power because many signs and many miracles were performed by them but these miraculous signs is evidence of resurrection life and this evidence of resurrection power was birth from common signs everyday signs that is the evidence of a new community a new humanity the family of God called a local church a reordering of life verse 41 says those who believed what Peter said they were baptized in verse 42 all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching to fellowship to sharing in meals, and also to prayer. Let me pray. Father, we commit this year before you. I thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness in this journey thus far. As we um, steward this church, which is well over 50 years old now, as we step into this moment where you've called us to lead and to serve, Father, I pray that you put on our heart that we would be knitted together in love, that we would do this together that there will be a commitment this year to gather together as your family. Father, I pray that there will be a celebration of each other and that we would see many, many new faces come to discover um, the beautiful wonder of living in your kingdom and knowing Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Father, we ask that you would take hold of us, that you would form us and that you would shape us in the ways that you want us to be shaped. All of the things that we feel are before us, God, including this property, we lay that before you. And we ask that you will give us wisdom and guidance in all of these things. And we just want to celebrate together. I thank you so much for this, uh, the beautiful families of this church. May we grow this year. May we grow in love and compassion. And may we see your mighty hand at work in and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Beautiful. Well, we're going to, Oh, we're just going to do whatever. Tonight, the night services, we're actually going to have them out in the park um, because we're going to follow the shade, just in case you're wondering, okay? But feel free to come and have a chat with one of our leaders and um, let us know if and where you can actually participate this year. Bless you guys.